Hey, people of the podcast, and also Michael. Oh, thank you. <laughs> How you doing? I'm all right, buddy. And yourself? I'm doing good, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, been doing a lot of. Yes, been doing a lot of science experiments, trying to keep myself cool the past couple of weeks because AC is not a luxury I can afford. Oh, fair enough. How, how are the science experiments coming? Have you solved either the environmental crisis or have you solved just how to keep well, yourself cool? Well, I don't know about all of that. I know for a fact that if you take a roaster pan, fill it with water, and put some frozen water bottles in there, then turn a fan on next to it. You can kind of cool the space doing that. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't count on solving the global heating problem with just that alone. I but know, I mean... Giant ice cube in the ocean and some big fans. Yeah, there you go. Mind you, I think they call those the polar ice caps, and from what I'm hearing, they're not doing so great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, leave it to the scientists to figure it out. I'm not smart enough to delve into all of that stuff. That's fair. But, but are then you again, to... yeah. Then again, there, I guess, are a lot of people who try their hand at doing some pretty crazy shit with that. And yeah, fictional as it might be, it's still pretty entertaining to see where people's heads go when they're you know, good at physics and chemistry and biology and all the sciences I sucked at in high school. <laughs> yes. I also was not that great in at least chemistry and physics was the bane of my existence. I despise physics. It uh, was not my forte. Biology, I was, I was pretty decent at actually, but uh, <laughs> the other two scientists, no. But I do agree, it is fun to see uh, where some stuff takes science and what people's imagination could be, especially when they have a understanding of the basic stuff that we all know. Um, it's fun to exactly. see where they take it in, the, in books, movies, or whatever. What, uh, what science fiction adventures do you particularly like, Callum? Well... I'll be totally honest, a lot of that shit ends up being over my head and my mind usually goes to space, even though most good science fiction doesn't end up going there. But um, there was one novel I actually read recently, and by recently I mean coming up on a year ago now, because I suck at reading. Yeah, and cool. it was actually written by... Chinese man and is based in China. I don't remember his name, but the novel's called The Three-Body Problem, and the premise of it ends up being actually pretty interesting, where they have sort of a VR, or, yeah, a VR-AR setup at a university where our main character is working, <clears throat> and he jumps into the thing, and every time he does, he basically has like a civilization type simulation where each time he goes in, it's a different point in history, whether you start with ancient empires and then work your way to the Middle Ages and then the Renaissance. And each time he goes in, it's a different period. But the thing that sort of exemplifies it all is that each time he goes in, there's issues with basically the sun. 
where every time he goes in, it's either the sun is so vicious and terrible that it basically turns you into a leathery husk, or it burns the earth to a total scorch, or it just isn't there at all. And being a physicist, he has to try and figure out what the issue is. And through going through all of this stuff, he ends up figuring out that this VR set is actually a bunch of data that the government has been sort of compiling over the past few decades. And that data actually came from a civilization many, many light years away. And the novel basically ends with a prelude to invasion where you actually go to the alien's perspective. And uh, there really is a lot of stuff going on in there. And I know that was the basic premise, but there's also a lot of socio-political stuff because it jumps between the 1960s when this sort of starts in the present day of the novel. And it goes to, it does a lot of stuff basically. And I'd say it's definitely a good one and worth checking out. There's actually a trilogy of books around it, but I don't remember what the other two are called off the top of my head. You read any good sci-fi novels that are like that or their I've own kind of crazy? I have read a few really good sci-fi novels over the past couple of years. Um, one of my personal favorites that I had picked up not too long ago was The Lazarus War. It's um, basically a space, it's based in space in a society where humanity has gone um, into the stars and all this stuff. And it follows this military man um, as they're trying to solve stuff, as they're, as they're trying to basically stop this war from happening um, with a group that they've never even encountered before an ancient alien biomechanical race that was dormant um but while he's trying to do that he's he's also dealing with his own personal issues with the loss of his um his fiance and a whole bunch of other personal trauma that goes in and the aliens start using that uh kind of against them to manipulate his mind and to twist things it was oh, really yeah. good I, I watched uh, i read it a few Maybe close to like three, four years ago, but it was a very good trilogy of books. Uh, I brought them all down to Mexico and sat in front of a pool for a week, and I think I got through all three of them by day four. Hmm, nice. Um, and then I had no books to read for the rest of my vacation, which was okay. I just went in the pool then. Um, another really good one that's a bit <clears throat> different, it's not space-related anyway, is the Maximum Ride novels. I read those... When I was more or less in like high school, there uh, it's by James Patterson. There, <laughs> it's a book based around the idea that uh, the government was doing experiments on children and turned a group of them into bird, into avian people. So they're part bird, part uh, part human. And then oh, wow. it they the beginning of the series is them escaping from the uh, from the facility that they were being kept at. And then it just follows their journey as the government chases them and their desire for a normal life, but constantly being hounded and hunted down and all this stuff. And how um, the main, their, their leader, she eventually kind of starts to figure out why they were created and what their purpose was and all, all that fun stuff. It's not the, like the beginning of the series was a lot better than the, than the end the series oh, takes a really weird turn where they kind of like force the issue that 
she's supposed to do like all this crazy stuff, but it, the whole the, like but the whole first half was just was really good, and then being hiding and trying to uncover like why they did this, what they did to them, and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden the back half of the series is just really weird. And I don't even think I finished the series to be honest. They didn't do a movie of it, and the movie was goddamn trash. Oh, that's always fun. So bad. I was so excited when they announced the movie. I was like, oh, this the actual book series is so good. And then when I watched it, they kind of just loosely based it off the book and kind of ran with their own thing, which we all know that usually means it's gone to shit. Oh, yeah, that's always fun to sort of watch the decay of things. Although on the flip side of that, that is one little novella from the 30s it's called who goes there where it's sort of an arctic based adventure where the explorers who go there encounter some kinds of horrors which are very much the unspeakable dreadful things from outer space and i never actually read the novella myself but it actually ended up spawning two movies i mean you've probably seen one of the two i'm about to talk about there's one they made in the 50s, because the novel was written in the 30s, called The Thing from Another World. And though I've been meaning to see that one, it seems like a sort of campy 50s thing, even if it is good from what I hear. But John Carpenter did it in the early 80s, and the movie, of course, is just called The Thing. Have you seen that mm -hmm. one, by the way? I have seen The Thing, yep. I've seen that oh, one. Yeah. I think they redid it, too. And, they did in 2011 except it yeah. wasn't even a redo it was more like a prequel attachment to the 80s movie oh, okay i have seen both yeah yeah no i i'd say the 2011 one was fun but the john carpenter is easily one of my favorite movies out there like it's just so it being one of those sci-fi things which actually ends up being more grounded it was pretty appealing to me especially the part where you have to focus on the characters who are trying to deal with this alien that could literally be any one of them and they have no real way of figuring out who or what is going to be this shape-shifting being and they have to find it out the hard way and they <laughs> yeah. end up losing their minds because of it and it's just like if it's if you don't like horror it's definitely one to avoid but damn is it well done that's good i <clears throat> for sci-fi movies, I always think go back to um, either Arrival, which was I thought was really good, or Interstellar, which oh, was done yeah. incredibly well and very much more or less tr a truly science based movie, opposed to kind of like spaceships are cool, traveling the galaxy is cool. That's about yeah, all I've got for a science. Lot less for this of a star wars adventure type thing as much as it is oh yeah we're actually going to do science lessons today now, yeah. christopher nolan's pretty good when it comes to that like even with inception and tenet some of the concepts he goes into there are pretty interesting even if they are kind of crazy they're still pretty fun movies oh yeah for sure and they're interesting and it was kind of nice to see a movie where they actually kind of took real life science and then kind of just expanded on it instead of loosely taking si real life science and then being like, but yeah, aliens or war or whatever else they had there. It was, it was interesting oh, yeah. to see uh, that 
different perspective opposed to just here's the science. It's very loose. Yeah, it's very interesting seeing them, especially with Interstellar, doing the concept yeah. where you have different size planets with different properties and gravity and rotation cycles and all that stuff and how it factors into, oh yeah, one hour on this planet is going to be seven Earth years, so don't stick around too long. And then, of yeah. course, yeah, you don't get to see that. I mean, maybe there are movies where they explore that again, but... You don't see it as much. Most other movies are kind of just like, oh, yeah, we're going to take you to the planet, which basically has exact properties of Earth. The only change being is that the aliens have white eyes or cat ears. It's more of a Star Trek theme from what I've seen, where they just go with the cheap props. But then again, being a 60s TV show, you work with what you have. They still made a hell of a name for themselves. No, they definitely did. I watched a little bit of... of the star trek world it wasn't was never really my cup of tea unfortunately but uh yeah that's kind of how they did it i mean really in the 60s it's really all you can do they <laughs> they don't have yeah. much else that you can provide but a couple of props and say look we're on a different planet Use well they definitely and... got to rely more on your themes at that point which they definitely went hot and heavy into even if it was campy but then of course you get some more developed shows like the next generation which gets more philosophical with that and then deep space nine i think it was or voyager those were i personally liked uh stargate stargate i always thought was fun especially that was the one i was exposed to the most to honestly when it came to yeah. that stuff but it wasn't actually sg1 of the movie it was stargate atlantis which was like oh i watched that one it wasn't as good sg1 is way better whereas stargate atlantis is fun but it's just it, it's not it's, it's very it's, much it's, more it's not on it. the adventures i find yeah where it's like oh we're gonna go save the world from these soul-sucking wraiths literal literally yeah, that's what they are that's called literally is the what they're doing the wraith yeah yeah but then again it was also fun to see jason momoa in action before he got famous yeah that was always cool to see especially looking back on it yeah but his yeah character my, was a badass yeah but my uh i watched both sg1 and atlantis and i personally preferred sg1 it was more it was the original it was it was it. I mean, obviously, oh, there was sure. the movie that started off the entire series, but yeah, the that was the of everything on SG One was just so good. And then you get Atlantis, and you're like, oh, this is fun. It was kind of reminded me of Mass Effect and Mass Effect Andromeda, where Mass Effect was like, this is amazing, and then Andromeda was like, why? It's a thing that exists. <laughs> like SG One was like this amazing, like. It was the OG. It was it was the main story. It was it was so good. And then Atlantis, they went away from Earth to a completely different system. Oh yeah, and, and then, then well, that was the one thing I never really got is that they didn't go back to Earth very much in Atlantis, and that did lead to some episodes where it's like we're trapped in this facility with only our wits to keep us alive. Which that's pretty cool stuff, but at the same time, SG One was a little more grounded when it came to okay we're gonna go back to earth every so often yeah yeah sg1 was like we're an actual earth-based unit and this is 
our the whole concept was we're gonna go through the gate and then we're yeah. gonna go see where it goes and yeah okay it was it was pretty episodic in the sense that you're always they're always kind of going to a new world meeting new races and people and helping solve problems or getting themselves mixed up into issues and that kind of stuff but then you'd have your overall arcing story of of them trying to stop i can't remember what they called the, the race of aliens that they were fighting on sg1 but it was uh it was done i felt a lot better and a lot more not realistic but a lot more uh grounded than atlantis where they were just every now and then they were gone it was like oh conveniently earth is here oh yep. now we're all on our own it was it was okay yeah it was fun while it lasted that's for sure yep another really good one that not a lot of people talk about is the expanse on prime that's one i've been meaning to watch i've also been meaning to get the book but then every time i think about it it's just out of my head yeah i heard the books are good i've only ever watched the series and i really like it i think it's super cool it's really kind of it's not too far out there it's not um the, like a lot of the concepts are you're like oh okay yeah this is cool that this makes sense um but it is one of those shows that i probably have to restart because i waited for season five and i tried to watch it and i have no um, idea what anymore it's one of those shows that you need to like dedicate yourself like if you're gonna watch one episode you're turn your phone off your entire attention span is that's that just show. gonna be your day <laughs> yeah because it like i've tried watching it before i've taken answered texts or i've looked at my phone or i've looked down on something and then all of a sudden i look up and i'm like i don't know what's happening anymore i should probably go back or i need to restart this episode because there's a lot that goes on and there's a lot of pieces moving moving parts and care a character you think may not be important two episodes later is all of a sudden like the most important character in the entire series. And you're like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It makes Mm -hmm. trying to multitask pretty hard, which I mean, when you have something like Netflix to watch these shows on, it's like, you're just inviting all kinds of distraction. I don't know what it is about Netflix specifically, but anytime I try to watch a show on there, it's just, okay, my mind is drifting back to my phone. Mm. I don't know if that's yes, just me or if I, that's... No, I think it's every everyone. Now. I have a terrible habit of I'll throw something on and I'll watch, regardless of what it is, and I'll be watching it. And unless I'm like 100% been waiting months for this thing, if I just throw something on... I usually end up staring at my phone periodically throughout it and I miss miss things or whatever, but it's not just you. I do it all the time with everything I watch, even, even anime. I've got Japanese speaking going on in my ear and I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, I don't know what they said there. I should probably rewind. There you go. That's your next sci-fi dystopia. Go a few decades into the future where the entire human race is just afflicted with uh, distraction dementia because we watch our phones and our Netflix too much and then just lose sense of who we are. I'm pretty sure that that won't be science fiction. <laughs> might actually I mean, all we real. really got to do is build the tablets into our wrists like an avatar or some shit, and boom, yeah. you got yourself a sci-fi concept. Just just wait. Apple's going to listen to this, and they're like, that's a genius idea. And five yeah, years from now, we'll implant this into you, and you will always, then you will be the Apple product. 
There you go. If anybody knows Elon Musk, don't show him the podcast. We don't need to encourage him to make those brain microchips anytime soon. Oh, he's, he's pretty excited about those. So I hear, but then again, I only hear about it once every couple of years. Yeah, I only I heard about it a couple months ago. He tweeted about it, and I haven't heard about it since. So probably back go. into the development, but more or less. That is real-life science fiction, as it is not real yet, but it is coming. Yep, right now he's too busy with his Teslas and SpaceX program trying to get to Mars. So we'll let him do yeah. that for now. When I get to Mars, space travel could be a tourist thing in the next, I don't know, a couple decades. We'll see. There you go. Turn your vacations that are usually dedicated to the tropics to go up to the moon. Yeah, well, Jeff Bezos lost the billionaire space race. Okay. Jeff Bezos, the guy who owned, uh, like, Jeff Bezos was trying to go to go to space and like start like a space tourism thing but uh the guy who owned virgin uh oh richard branson yeah and yeah he just went up there so it's good it's not so much science fiction anymore as the idea that rich people can go to space uh yeah. is becoming a reality because let's be real none of us are gonna be able to afford those fuel surcharges <laughs> yeah yeah unless they come up with uh functioning ion engines that you do see in sci-fi every so often it's like okay we're going to need a lot of fucking rocket fuel to get us from point A to B. You know, I don't understand. Do they just fly him up and then they like up high into the upper atmosphere area, drop him, then his rocket went into space. They did like a donut and then turned around and re-entered. Like it doesn't seem like they were there for very long. It's kind of like, look, you're in space. Okay, yeah, I go land feel like with the private affairs, they always try to do the proof of concept before they start doing the really wacky shit like, hey, we're going to build a hotel on the moon and call it New Vegas. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I was thinking Luna, but okay. That's probably more appropriate, but then again, I'm also not a marketing genius, so I'll leave that to somebody Dude. else. New Vegas might get a lot of people's attention. They might be like, wait, I can go be drunk on the moon? Right? Like, Hell imagine yeah. one of those billionaires becoming the Mr. House of that moon base. It's just like, oh boy. Yeah. Pretty soon the moon will be its own sovereign nation of just drunks and gambling. Yeah, and like even that. then, it's probably more hospitable than the Fallout universe. Probably. There'll be less killing, hopefully. There'll be less <laughs> mutants, that's for sure. We don't know. Maybe us breaking ground on the moon will awaken to moon people. Well, there you go. But then at that point, they're not really mutants as much as just, well, I guess moon people. They're moon people, yeah. And then we'll uh, steal their land and all will be yeah. fine, I guess. Yep. We'll <laughs> have New Vegas and they'll have whatever craters they're hanging out in. Yep. New Vegas. <laughs> now I just want to go get drunk on the moon down, but I can't. Because that involves going to space, and I do not have the money to go to space. Well, there you go. Maybe we can, like, find some fucking solar balloon set up like they used in the video to take the garlic bread into the stratosphere and <laughs> tie ourselves to that. We need oxygen. We, we'll bring the garlic bread with us. There you go. Especially if it cooks thing. it up there, we're set to go. Does it cook it up there? I never actually watched the video. I just have seen. I'm pretty sure... We sent garlic bread to space, and when it came back, we ate it. And I was like, did that change the flavor? 
It's like, how radioactive is that garlic bread? Um, Does it change anything about it? I'm pretty sure it ended up cooking, but I also don't remember because it's been like four years since I watched that video. So Okay. Because I see it every now and then, and I'm just like, did it change the taste? Because it... I don't know if space would alter the flavoring that, but it's not like you're eating it at that altitude. Because yeah, when you eat it higher altitudes, your taste buds are are like depressed, which is why airline food is always salty. Well, that's... you can't taste anything. So I'm like, does the gar does the garlic going to space make it lose flavor? Or does it enhance? When you hit a certain point, does everything just become more flavorful? Well, I kind of figure once you get to the space point of eating food, you really only have two options, which is one, eat it inside of some sort of capsule station thing, or two, have it intravenously fed to you through a tube in your spacesuit. Either way, I don't think that's a pleasant experience to consume garlic bread. No. no it's I not the sci-fi it... universe I want to be living in, put it that way. I don't even know if that's sci-fi. Because it's like tubes. They, 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 Canada did a, the Canadian space program did videos years ago of the astronauts on the International Space Station. And it was of them eating, like a couple of them were like how they cook. Like, oh, yeah. How they eat and all this stuff. And it didn't, didn't seem that appetizing. There was a lot of, two, like you said, there was a lot of like toothpaste tubes and uh, floating around and chasing your meal. Yeah, I can imagine there's a whole lot of you need to have a tight grip up there. But that is one thing I do remember vividly from the Ender's Game novel is the scene oh, yeah. where his Ender's commander is about to beat the shit out of him in the shower. But before that, he's going and cleaning himself and it's talking about how, oh, yeah, all this water is going to get recycled, which very much is a thing in current universe but then he also follows it up with like let the boys shower in my piss for a week and it's like eh, that's a pleasant thought that's a lovely thought i don't know i don't know why you would want to do that but i guess yeah, yeah recycling water is becoming more of a thing so i mean it's ender's game and it was a bunch of teenagers training to be the next generation of super commanders killing aliens so i mean they're a bit of a yeah. salty bunch yeah, that is true. I, I never read the book, but I did, I did see the movie. And the, the movie was, was really good. Yeah. I read the book. My brother read the book and said it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. The book is amazing. The movie was pretty good for what it was. I mean, wasn't the most faithful adaptation in the world. So some good shit got cut out. But I mean, what else is new with adapting shit to movies? Well, that's what always happens. It doesn't really matter. You get the... the they based it off the book, and then all of a sudden it's like, but where it happened to all these parts? And they're like, oh, we didn't need that. Well, I need to read Dune at some point, not only because everyone says, oh my god, seminal novel, which is a big deal, but then they also have the Dune movie coming out sometime this year. I don't remember when, though. Oh, yeah, that is right. That is coming out. Yeah, Jason Momoa's going to be in that. Jeez, he's in a lot of things. Good yeah, he's he's kind of turned into a big deal the past few years. <laughs> kind of turned. You don't say. I, I never noticed. What? You mean you never knew he was the Aquaman or the... Well, I, what I, else I has he all... been in? Oh, <laughs> uh, wait. Yeah. He's been in things. I swear. All right. He's, he's Drogo in Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. Can... Yeah, I remember him there. I remember him in Aquaman. I feel like there's something else I'm missing here. 
Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> but I can't remember. Now I feel bad because I was trying to make a point. Now I can't make it. You know, I'm going to go look up Jason Momoa's thing. Probably would not. Okay. What do you have? Dallas Wikipedia. Ah, what man, does is... the internet have? Indeed. What good info have you got? He's 41 and from Hawaii. That's that is information Indeed. that we needed to know for sure. Indeed. Um, he was in the Lego Movie too, where he also played Aquaman. Uh, At least he played Aquaman in Lego. Yep. Oh, he was in Baywatch, Hawaii. That's uh, a thing. I don't. I don't know. I, I can't say I know anything about Baywatch other than Hasselhoff and slow mo running. That's all you needed to know. There's not no. anything else. I didn't oh, even know that's fantastic. Hawaii. I know you already know everything about Baywatch. Yeah. Oh, he was Conan the Barbarian in the remake movie. I forgot about that. Ah, yes. Yes, the affront against God in terms of reboots. But how are you supposed to fill Arnold Schwarzenegger's shoes? Those things are like a size 15, I would imagine, for how jacked he was. (laughs) Uh, Yes. God, that reminds That's one thing that makes me sad, though, is the uh, the, the direction Terminator the movies? Terminator movie. Yeah, yeah. great minds think alike. God damn it! Yeah. Terminator movies and how that the direction they took because the original ones were really, really good. The first two were some of the best yeah. things ever. The third one was passable, and we don't talk about anything after that. No, no, we do not. It's funny. I watched the most, like the most recent one. Um, was that Dark by, Fate? Yeah, I can't remember what it, what it was called. It wasn't by choice. I was at my father's place, and oh yeah, they like they like to watch movies basically nightly. Ah, they, fun. They make their dinner, and then at like seven o'clock, well, let's throw on a movie, and then they try to find something between ninety minutes to two hours. Then around nine, they go to bed, and it was Dad's turn to pick the movie. And his wife doesn't like science fiction. She thinks it's dumb. Oh, fun. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just looking at him and I'm like, are you sure? Like, yeah, let's watch it. It'll be good. And I'm like, all right. And sure enough. Disappointment. And I'm like, well, that, that, that was a thing. Like, not that I, I, it was fun. It was fine. Um, it was, uh, it, it was exactly what I expected. A lot of explosions, a lot of, Terminator War that really is not relevant and it was basically everything that I um, was in my dad and his wife had no idea it was science fiction and she's like well that was dumb and my dad's like I probably shouldn't have picked that one it's not really the kind of movie you like and I was like that's why I asked you if you were sure because <laughs> I knew exactly well, what it was <laughs> points for effort I guess Um, wait which Terminator was that because they've come out with two recently and I remember I saw Genesis in theaters it I didn't see the one. one from last year though what was the one from last year called the last year one was called Dark Fate and it was like the all female cast that brought Sarah Connor back it was that one. Oh, you saw that okay that one. Yeah. That was, I saw the that one before that where they were it was fucking uh, Amelia Clark played Sarah Connor for whatever reason 
No, it was the one where like there was it was like a large women cast and they were it, it was uh it was something. Like I don't remember a lot of it because I was doing the thing with my phone and I probably oh, yeah. didn't care because I was I had a little interest to actually watch it, but that but uh, dad picked, so I sat so, through it with him. Well, from what I remember hearing from reviews and stuff, it ended up being a thing where it was trying to duplicate what Terminator 2 did, but then it kind of yeah, tried to throw be- a bunch of other stuff in there, which messed it. Yeah, like, I think Sarah Connor comes back from back in time to save this guy who's supposed to save her son or something, and it was just like, what? What is happening? Oh, it was yeah. A, yeah, to Terminator 2 itself. Yeah, well, that really, Terminator 2 was almost like film perfection in almost any way you can imagine. So, of course, people are like, let's just redo that movie. No way it can fuck itself. But then, of course, (laughs) things happen. Yeah, and it was, Terminator 2 was one of those films where, like, it was so good that everyone tries to either duplicate it. And just the Terminator series in general, the whole concept was so new at the time of AI and taking over and well it was still at a time too where nuclear war was a big deal to people like oh my god we're gonna get wiped away and it's playing into that fear yeah launch their missiles and then we're gonna launch ours and everybody's dead yeah so it was like they they took the time period and they really ran with it and then took it put that little ai twist on it that people hadn't seen yet and it it really changed the game because that AI robots taking over is huge and prominent in a lot of sci-fi now. There's always a little, there's always a sentient race or a... Well, especially that idea where the the bad guy, as it were, can be made to blend in with humans and you would never know that they were among you until it was too late. Like Battlestar Galactica Cylons are pretty similar from what I remember. Yeah, the Cylons in Battlestar Galactica was exactly what I thought too. Because they, in the beginning, they're like, oh, they're like these giant tin can looking things with guns. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, Scions can be us. And we wouldn't ever know because they don't even know that they're a Scion. And it's like this weird world where you could be a Scion, but you think you're human until it's too late. Then they activate you. And then you're like, oh, I'm actually a Scion. Now I'm going to go do out my my mission. Uh but yeah, then they just lived amongst the fleet in, in Battlestar, which I've kind of, I've, I, when COVID started, I was like, I'm going to watch this. And then I watched the first episode and was so confused because I didn't realize that there are three mini movies you have to watch. Oh, yeah. So I watched the first two episodes. I was like, how the fuck did anybody get into this? It starts off in the middle of a story. Like, are you just supposed to eventually just piece it together yourself and then the powerful world of the internet corrected me and like, no, go watch these three mini movies first. Um, so I'm plugging away at it slowly, but surely I get like an episode in every, every little while. Um, it's okay. It's, 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 I'm enjoying it. It's not. From I what I'm hearing, it's like the first couple of seasons I hear are like absolutely amazing. But then by the time they got to the end of it, it fell flat on its face. Yeah, and like I'm in the early stuff. It didn't. It is. It doesn't age well. Oh, fair that's enough. its biggest problem. Is it really doesn't age well? Because they're like on a ship that's supposed to be the like not the. It's not even supposed to be an advanced warship. It's an old warship, but it's using like 
landlines. It has no network. It has like everything is like done by hand. And it's like the old school charts. So they like roll the paper out and they're like looking at star charts and all this stuff. And I'm like, hmm. okay, that's, that's kind of interesting. Yet we're all in space and you're the only warship left because the scions couldn't latch your network, which was a cool concept, but yeah, just the whole the whole thing just didn't it, it just didn't age well. The the visuals and the yeah, acting. a lot of stuff from the two thousands it seems is pretty janky when you look at it from twenty twenty one lens. Yeah, and that's the problem. It, it, it's very janky. It's very much just not like like it, it was done well for the time, like it was done respectively. But now it's like oh you yeah, have like five dollars for your budget. Like what is this? Well, it was that weird period in time where it seemed a lot of people were going away from like practical effects because computers were actually a little more functional. And so mm -hmm. they were trying to make everything more CGI based. And you see that with a lot of movies at the time where they want to do the flashy computer stuff. But of course, it's all pretty primitive stuff because yeah. you look at something like your Avengers movies of today, it's like a far cry from something like 2005 Fantastic Four, which is just all kinds of jank. We don't talk about that movie. <laughs> I'm still holding out hope that they can make a fucking good one. One of these days it's going to happen. Like the Hulk movies. Or they one just, of these days they need to get that one right too. <laughs> They just never got it, and now, well, they're never going to do it, because they just said, yeah, the Hulk can just be in the Avengers. He doesn't need his own tales, because they don't work. Yeah, we'll tell his story through uh, dialogue in other people's movies, and hope to God that does the trick. Basically, that, that's exactly what they do, where, as in, we're like the Fantastic Four. It's a cool concept, and they're a great batch of heroes, and it's nice, and it's sciency and all that stuff, but it's just doesn't work well it can be made to work if you fucking do it correctly and at this point everybody's trying to lean in well the 2001 they tried to make it a generic superhero movie which is like fly around and beat up the stuff but then it doesn't touch on any of the themes of like them being yeah. a dysfunctional family and the dynamic that exists between them and how they <laughs> bounce off each other to make stuff happen and yeah. then in the, I don't even know what the hell happened with 2015. It sounds like you basically got two movies for the price of one in the sense that the studio made a movie, the director made a movie, and then they were just fighting so much that they accidentally combined them into some mutant of a movie that just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The 2015 run was terrible. Yeah. It sounds like there was way too much crap going on behind the scenes for it to ever have got off the ground. Yeah, maybe one day they'll do a good one. It's just it's kind of like the Spider-Man movies how they were all pretty good and then finally they, they did a right to fit it into the MCU. But again, it's just, it's a similar problem where I think Sony owns the rights to the Fantastic 4. It was either Sony or was it Fox it's, or was Fox everything no, else? Fox was everything else. Oh, yeah. they, Sony owned Spider-Man and Sony owned, owned Fantastic Four. Right. Fox so, is the one that owns the X-Men and Deadpool. That was what yeah. I was thinking about. Yeah. So then MCU and Disney have, have to try to get it from them. Um, which means Disney, they probably can. But I know that 
Sony still owns half of Spider-Man. Like they can still use Spider-Man for Sony productions. Oh yeah. Uh, but in collaboration with Disney and same thing, Disney can use Spider-Man, but they have to collaborate and pay Sony when, when they use it. So uh, good old system of royalties. Yeah. And right now Sony owns fantastic four. And I'm not a hundred percent sure if anyone's even tried to get it away from them because of how bad it's done in the past. They might just go, you can just keep that. We don't want it. We there you go. It. Leave the comic artists. Yeah. Where Spider-Man was so, even like when Spider-Man was mediocre, people still enjoyed it and went and saw it. So, well, that's just you want it. when you do Spider-Man mediocre, you still have something that's better than like, you know, a really shit version of a different superhero thing, just because you still have space to do the classic Spider-Man stuff of, oh yeah, he swings from the buildings, but then he also has a conscience because that's what he was told to do. Yeah. Like everybody's yeah. managed to cover that so far, which is good to see because it's the central thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they've, they've done good on that front, but it, uh, it'll be interesting because especially the Spider-Man universe is getting pretty convoluted with all the different spider verses that they have. <laughs> well, it looks like they're about to get serious about doing all that multiverse stuff too with the, uh, well, maybe fun. not the new Spider-Man movie, but at least the new Dr. Strange one, which sounds like it might have Spider-Man in it from the other movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would, that would be cool, for sure to see to see something like that and go yeah. from there. Be good for fan service, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, if, I think that's all I've got to talk about today, Callum, and yourself. That's I'm pretty scienced out after that, so I'm good to call it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for everyone for listening. Again, you can follow us on our Twitter. Um, or email us any of Callum's silly homework. Indeed. And, and I'm going to give you guys a break from that this week because I oh, can't I'll, think of anything. Yeah, nobody's done any of your other homework, so that might be why. But Yeah, uh, they got a lot of catching up to do there. Yeah, <laughs> they, they definitely do. Uh, but thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. This is the Culture Culture Podcast. And Mike and Callum, you guys have a good day. Yep, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye-bye.